Hey everybody, welcome to church, welcome to Trinity. My name is Chris McDaniel, lead pastor here, and we just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. This 26th of December is the second day of Christmas. Remember that old song, the 12 days of Christmas? We're just getting started. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to John chapter 1. We're going to read and then pray and then see what the Lord has to say to us today through the Bible. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him, and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart who has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and let's see what we can see in the word today. Father, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you for Jesus We thank you for Christmas, God. We thank you for this 12-day period where we get to think about the birth of Jesus and what it means for us. I pray that you would give us grace today wherever we are at home or in our cars or uh, in a coffee shop watching or listening to this service. God, give us grace to hear from you, Lord. Not the words of a sermon, Lord, but just what comes to us as we meditate together upon the Bible, the Scripture in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there is a progression here, and it's a sad one. Um, As we look at this passage, I think that we're invited to contend with um, some pretty heavy stuff. And so we're going to walk through this passage today with an eye towards seeing what the text says, but maybe more importantly, looking at how we can contextualize this for our own lives and our own hearts. So there are going to be a few moments of movement that I'm going to point out to us as we walk through this passage. Number one, God, the creator and sustainer of the world, has entered into our space. That's the beautiful picture of God being in the world and moving toward the world through Jesus. This idea of this originator of the universe moving into human space is the principal idea of Christmas. Jesus born in a manger means God came in and, as Eugene Peterson said, he moved into the neighborhood. He came close to us. He moved into our sphere of influence. And the most beautiful thing I think about Christmas is that God did that not to uh, preach a sermon to us or to scold us or to lecture us. No, God saw our need for him and he moves into our space. And I think that for many of us who are experiencing needs of different kinds, maybe this time of year you're especially aware of some vulnerability or some need in you. I just want to say when we experience need, God moves toward us, not away from us. Over the last number of months, I've been away from Trinity on an extended leave of absence. I had a burnout and just essentially hit the wall. And lots of my life felt like it was falling apart. And one of the most powerful lessons that I've learned, and frankly, some of what I've held on to during the last four months, is that when I'm experiencing need, God moves toward me, not away from me. He doesn't shame us in our need. He actually is warm to us. And so today, if you're needy, I just want to say God moves toward you. That's his heart. But the second thing we see in this passage is actually pretty troubling. 
God moved into our space, but the second thing we see here is that the world did not know God. The world did not recognize him. And so this picture of Jesus saying, I'm coming close to people who need me, and then the world's like looking for somebody else. At the time of Jesus, we see that people were looking for a liberator. They were looking for a savior, but it didn't fit when they thought of a baby in Bethlehem. That was not the kind of liberator they were looking for, and so people did not recognize God when he came close to them. And I think about my own life and how often I want something that feels and maybe needs to fit within a certain kind of category or look a certain way. And then if God comes to me in a different way, I actually don't even see it at all. And the text basically paints a picture of what happens when God or help doesn't fit the mold that we want to put it in. And if I'm honest with myself, I'm probably a lot like you. We all are. We have this kind of expectation of what help looks like, whether that comes from God or from a friend or from a loved one, and we think this is the way I need to be helped. And if help comes in a way that doesn't fit that mold, it's sometimes hard for us to see. Or it could be worse. The third thing we see here is not only did people not know him, but the inhabitants of God's world did not even accept him. There's a sense here of God coming and knocking on the door and somebody changing the lock and not letting him in. And if I'm honest, there were times in my own life, even recently, where I wanted God to help me, but I wanted God to help me on my terms, not his terms. And when God doesn't meet our expectations, we just sometimes say, well, I don't want that. I think one of the questions in front of us as we look at a text like this during the Christmas season is this, will we allow God to be God and come close to us on his terms, or will we insist that he do for us good things on our terms. Too often, I think I'm guilty of saying, God, I want you to do something good, but I want you to do it the way I want it done. Maybe Christmas in some profound way or fundamental way is about accepting Jesus on Jesus's terms. It's about choosing not to reject the help of God when the help of God comes in a way that we didn't expect. So the picture here is of God being turned back, being turned away at the door, a group of people saying, we don't want you. We don't want you here. But it doesn't end in a dark place. The fourth thing we see in this passage is this. Some people did actually receive God. And we're told by John that to these people who welcomed him, Jesus gives them power. And this is such a profound statement because Jesus is saying to people, if, if the whole world said no, maybe a lot of people weren't even paying attention. To people who are paying attention, I'm going to give you something. And we're all here probably on the 26th or whenever it is you're listening to this, surrounded by the, the refuse and the trappings of the presents that were opened just the day before. Well, the present that we're told in this text that Jesus gives to people who are paying attention is power. And it's not just power to do whatever old thing you want. The, the reality here is maybe the most important kind of power. And I can't think of a power uh, invitation or a gift that we need more than what Jesus has to offer here this power is a power that moves humans from being consuming, biting, hurting creatures to being sons and daughters. And we're currently living in a cultural moment where we don't treat one another oftentimes with love and dignity and respect. We treat one another like consumers that are protecting what we want and wanting to get what we want. Well, here we're told that Jesus actually comes to give you and me power to move from being a consuming thing, a creature, to being a son, a daughter. 
And there's so much dignity in being a son or a daughter because there's a kind of recovery invitation here. And it reminds me um, of one of my favorite books and one of the C.S. Lewis's uh, Chronicles of Narnia books, um, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. There's a little boy named Eustace and he's just a, a rat of a kid, like a complete brat. And in the story, his bratty ways lead him into a, a place where he actually becomes a dragon. He um, finds a dragon's lair and he takes dragon's uh, um, bracelet that it had stolen and pushes it up on his arm and he goes to sleep and he wakes up and he's become on the outside what he was embodying on the inside. He's become a dragon. And the story is about him being undragoned about the little boy inside that dragon being recovered. And I believe that's exactly what we have in front of us in terms of an invitation. Maybe today you are dragon-like. Maybe you're not living the way you wanna live. Maybe you're not treating people around you the way that you would really want to treat them. And so often the pressure in our world and we've had more than our fair share of it over the last couple of years. It sort of squeezes us and it forms us and it presses us into being the kinds of people we don't really want to be. And maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe Christmas is a little hollow feeling because you're not in good relationship with people around you and it hurts. And sometimes we think maybe like Eustace thought, well, this is not fun, but it is what it is. Well, what we're told here is that Jesus came to give us power to recover our humanity. He wants to help you find the little boy or the little girl inside of you. I think for me, this picture of being moved from a creature to a son, to a daughter, is actually one of the most powerful things for me because that's what God's been doing in me over the last four to six months. He's been helping to excavate and in that story, Aslan looks at this little boy, Eustace, who'd become a dragon, and he's like, do you want to be a boy again? And he says, yeah. And then Eustace tries to dig into his own dragon skin, and he can't get deep enough to find the boy inside. And if you're anything like me, you've probably done your fair share of digging to try to recover something soft and tender and human inside you, and we just can't get there. It seems like there's dragon skin under dragon skin. And in the story, Aslan, the lion, who is Jesus in the story, looks at the boy and he says, if you want to be a boy again, you're going to have to let me do that for you. And he cuts deeper than Eustace could ever cut. And inside, a little boy emerges. Maybe the greatest thing you and me we could hope for at Christmas time is to become truly human again, to recover something that's maybe been diminished. And that's what Jesus comes to do. I'm going to leave you with this. The text says the word became flesh and lived among us and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son full of grace and truth. I just want to say this, the last movement in the text, three things come from Jesus, glory, grace, and truth. Glory reminds us God is with us, we're not alone. Grace empowers us, helps us recognize this isn't just about effort that God does things for us that we can't do for ourselves. And truth leads us onward. As I talk to people um, who feel stuck, I find that almost all of us want to move on. We just wanna make progress. We just wanna get somewhere good. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to illuminate and encourage and he wants to move you. And that leaves us with this picture of the fullness of God being found in the person of Jesus. If Advent was about preparing, Christmas is about looking at the fullness of Jesus. 
that picture, he's full. Jesus is not empty. He's not scarce. He's not afraid. He's not like us. He's full. And so when you look at someone you love and you say Merry Christmas, what you're saying is, I hope that the fullness of Jesus gets into your life and into my life so that we can be the kinds of people who actually live in a way that moves us forward. If I have a Christmas wish for you, that's it. That you would move forward and feel his fullness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Christmas. God, we thank you that just as Advent was the better part of a month, we now have 12 days of Christmas to think about what it means, Jesus, for you to move us from consuming things to sons and daughters to help us recover the tenderness of our humanity. Let it be so, we pray, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.